Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. This episode is brought to you by ABC. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. Andy finally becomes captain, and she's going to give it her all to be the best leader this station has ever seen. Will she succeed? Get ready for fiery new romances and high adrenaline rescues. Watch the Station 19 season premiere tonight at a new time, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. You are about to hear the most interesting, informative, <clears throat> thought-provoking, opinion-leading, and funny show in America <clears throat> on air and on the World Wide Web. This is The Rob Carson Show. This hour, we've got uh, Brigadier General Blaine Holt, U.S. Air Force, going to be joining us to talk about, uh, you know, all of this demonization of uh, Donald Trump, Joe Biden, also known as Dementia Hitler. <laughs> I think I'm going to call him Dementia Hitler for uh, until he leaves office, which won't be too far. And then also about uh, what's up with Lloyd Austin and, uh, and Joe Biden off in the, uh, the Virgin Islands of all places because Hunter wanted to go there, apparently. And was he disappointed? <laughs> so we're going to talk to uh, uh, the general at the bottom of the hour. Uh, this from the New York Post. It's not just Trump. Democrats are moving to ban Republicans from ballots nationwide. This is how the Democrat Party, and I've always said that the Democrat Party is uh, intellectually and morally bankrupt, and now they've exposed it. And now even Democrats are getting it. That's why 74% of us say the country's going in the wrong direction. A new filing in Pennsylvania see- seeks to the, to the same ballot cleansing by barring Republican Representative Scott Perry. Democrats seek to bar opponents as insurrectionists for questioning the election of uh, President Biden. Uh, We have become a nation of Madame Defarge's eagerly knitting names of those to be subject to arbitrary justice. Former Congress uh, congressional candidate Gene Stilp, who's made headlines by burning MAGA flags and swastikas outside courthouses, filed the challenge. So there you go. You got all these uh, leftist radical activists citing anything they can to get uh, uh, Republicans off of the ballot. And uh, if this is what your party has, if this is all your party has, you're doomed. You're doomed. And if if you're still a Democrat in good standing, you're either not paying attention or you don't mind it when other people suffer and freedom suffers as long as you get what you want. And that's really what's going on. And this is happening all over the country. I won't get into the details on that. But uh, uh, Elise Stefanik, who caused an earthquake on uh, University Campi around the country by going after three Ivy League uh, presidents about anti-Semitism on campus, and then that uh, parlayed into uh, exposure of massive, massive uh, 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 plagiarism by Claudine Gay, the president of Harvard, and her very thin resume, but DEI got her to be the president. And she became, like I said, she became a folk hero uh, and a revolutionary to many. And she was on with Christian Welker, or Kristen Welker, I should say, on Meet the Press. And, of course, Kristen Welker didn't expect a Republican to punch back. 
And a lot of Republicans are punching back. Donald Trump started this. He, he turned the tables on everything. He called out the media for, for making crap up. And that is happening all over. And that's why Ron DeSantis changed essentially uh, what what essentially got him elected as the governor of, uh, of Florida. Carrie Lake is another acolyte of Donald Trump and her, you know, uh, refutation of the narratives of the media. She calls him out. I love it. Well, here is Elise Devonick. And of course, you knew this this question is going to come up. They did it before the last election. And they knew that Joe Biden was crooked and they knew that Russia collusion was fake. But the mainstream media asked Trump and Trump supporters, will you accept the results of the election? Will you accept the results of the election? And then when the election happens, there are a lot of questions. Social media and the FBI got involved and said, shut down all questions. Well, no, she couldn't even ask. But here is uh, Kristen Welker trying to do this to Elise Stefanik, and he's Elise Stefanik uh, shooting her down. Would you vote to certify and will you vote to certify the results of the 2024 election, no matter what they show? Well, I voted not to certify the state of Pennsylvania. No, no matter what they show. Pennsylvania, because <laughs> as we saw in Pennsylvania and other states across the country, that there was unconstitutional acts circumventing the state legislature and unilaterally changing election law. What about 2024? No, what about 2024? We will see if this is a legal and valid election. What we're seeing so far is that Democrats are so desperate, they're trying to remove President Trump from the ballot. That oh, yeah, is the suppression that. of the American people. And that. the Supreme Court is taking that case up in February. That should be a 9-0 to zero to allow President Trump to uh, appear on the ballot because that's the American people's decision to make this November. And, and, and considering what the federal government agencies did during the 2020 election, why in the hell would we say, oh, sure, we'll take it. Oh, yeah, okay, okay, okay. Are, are you kidding me? You, you just think we're back to normal now? You know, that you, you, you trampled over us, and now we're just now getting into the meat and potatoes of how the FBI was involved in covering up Hunter Biden, his, his corruption, Joe Biden's corruption, Hunter Biden's laptop, the 51 Intel officials. I can go on and on and on. Uh, the, and the, the 51 Intel officials took that information. They gave it to Joe Biden during the debate. They held on to Hunter's laptop and covered it up. The IRS uh, uh, shut down the investigation of Joe and Hunter Biden and Hillary Clinton among others. Why in the hell would we accept the election results? Dear God, until you get all of these questions answered, hell no. Are you, are you kidding me? <sighs> Jonathan Capehart on MSNBC had one of the brave Capitol Police officers. Who were there when the insurrection happened, even though it wasn't an insurrection, on MSNBC. And, of course, he cried like a little girl. I'm going to try to get through this. Um, Thank you for what you did three years ago today. Um, Please tell me your thoughts um, on this third anniversary. They tried everything, didn't they, over the weekend? They tried everything to make you just, oh, just look at uh, January the 6th, is 9-11. I mean, everything. Uh, had everybody involved there had, uh, what was it, uh, oh, uh, 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 the, the uh, AG, Merrick Garland. Merrick Garland was on TV, and uh, Merrick Garland had uh, some things to say. He wanted to set it up this weekend so there'd be no question. Here he is on the anniversary of the January the 6th, uh, uh, you know, the, the uh, insurrection that wasn't take a moment to an insurrection. Listen to this. Tomorrow marks the third anniversary of the January 6th attack on the Capitol. 
for our country, January 6th was an unprecedented attack on the cornerstone of our system of government. No, no, it wasn't. The peaceful transfer of power from one administration to the next. For many of the law enforcement officers defending the Capitol on that day, January 6th was also dangerous, painful, and personal. What, what about uh, the summer of 2020 when 200 police officers were injured defending uh, the White House and St. John's Historic Church? On that day, officers were punched, tackled, and tased as they defended the Capitol and those inside. And a whole lot of people in the peaceful crowd were uh, fired upon with rubber bullets and uh, flashbang grenades and uh, and tear gas. So there is uh, that. But they tried everything, man. They tried everything this weekend. They were going to make it look, they were going to commemorate it like it was, you know, they're going to lay a wreath like they do at uh, Pearl Harbor every year and all that. And nobody was buying it. Nobody was buying it. Mike Pence, who will never, he will never be the president of the United States. Uh, he, was, uh, he was on yesterday talking to, uh, I believe he was on uh, NBC, talking about uh, uh, the FBI. He doesn't believe the FBI was involved, but he also doesn't believe that uh, Donald Trump should be taken off the ballot. It's not just President Biden who's focusing on January 6th, of course. You and, have- of course, Tapper is trying to foment this and the insurrection. And da, 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 da. They did everything they could, and nobody bought it this weekend. Donald Trump's still talking about it. Do you, do you want to just like take this opportunity to clear up this lie that the FBI was leading the charge on January 6th? There you see, the, listen to him. January 6th, it's obviously not true. It's obviously not true. I'm sure you know it's not true. Do you want to make, make that clear to the voters? Do you want to agree with us? Do you want to just go to put it out on the table so we can have the soundbite? You know, I've seen the director of the FBI repeatedly assure the American people that uh, the FBI... Oh, well, if the FBI director said it, then you can trust him. Not. We're not the instigators uh, of the riot that occurred on on January 6th. And uh, frankly, I'm very grateful uh, for the efforts uh, of the FBI to bring uh, nearly a thousand people to justice who ransacked our capital and no no they didn't there was violent. there was no damage to the inside of the capital there was no damage at all there was there was a broken windows outside because there were people in the crowd who broke the windows out and then there are people who just let people in once uh, against police officers uh, that day but uh, you're right we've, we've been assured again and again that it was not the case uh, and I, I I just must tell you having been there that day I I mean, to see people literally breaking windows, ransacking the Capitol. No, they, they didn't ransack the Capitol there, Mike. Uh, there was no damage. They opened it two hours later. So, uh, you know, you're, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Oh, yeah, full of crap is what you are. And then there's uh, Bill Barr. Bill Barr even says that the Capitol protesters, the people who are in jail, being overpunished. Went way too far. The DOJ went way too far with prosecuting January the 6th suspects. Can you believe that? That's Bill Barr. That's Bill Barr, who knew that Russia, uh, that Russia collusion didn't happen with Donald Trump. He knew it, but he never said anything about it. So, you know, you can trust him about as far as you can throw him. And he's a big, fat tub, so you can't throw him very far. Ooh, that's so cheap. No, it's not. No, it's not. Donald Trump over the weekend had this to say about January the 6th. He was in Iowa. So was I, actually. Here he is. And those people have to be many of them. I guess there's some. By the way. There was Antifa, and there was FBI. There were a lot of other people there, too, leading the charge. Leading the charge. You saw the same people that I did. But just...
Yeah. And and why are there people in jail for January the 6th who haven't even had a trial yet? And they've been in jail for a thousand days, and some of them in solitary confinement over a year. What they've done, and they ought to, you know what they ought to do? They ought to release the J6 hostages. They've suffered. Ah. They ought to release them. I call them hostages. Some people call them prisoners. I call them hostages. Release the J6 hostages, Joe. Release them, Joe. You can do it real easy, Joe. This guy, what he's done, what he's done to people. And in- wow. And, and something must be happening because uh, people are being much more vocal about it. Uh, this is got a, House Republicans are calling out Cassidy Hutchinson on uh, her January the 6th testimony, demanding that she preserve all records and materials in her possession. Uh, uh, Chairman Barry Loudermilk of Georgia called on Hutchinson to provide the subcommittee with all the documents, communications, electronic information, and metadata that could be related to her different testimonies regarding January the 6th and the select committee to investigate January the 6th attack on the Capitol. All right, so uh, one of the things it says in this uh, in this uh, preservation of documents document, during this hearing, you asserted that former President Donald Trump attempted to grab the steering wheel from one of the United States Secret Service employees driving the vehicle and lunged at another. However, in your previous three transcribed interviews in February, you did not mention this interaction. You subsequently testified that you spoke to Alyssa Farrah Griffin in order to orchestrate the third interview with the select committee May 17th without your attorney's knowledge. Despite this, you did not recount the attention-grabbing series of events during the May 17th interview. It's almost like she was being coached or something. And this is, uh, this is uh, 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 Elise Stefanik, folk hero, being asked by um, Kristen Welker on Meet the Press about January the 6th and the prisoners. Key question. Do you still think it was a tragic day? Do you think that the people who stormed the Capitol should be held responsible to the full extent of the I law. have concerns about the treatment of January 6 hostages. Uh, I have concerns. We mm. have a role in Congress of oversight. She called them hostages. Over our treatments of prisoners. Our government won't even call our hostages in uh, Gaza hostages. Uh, and I believe that we're seeing the weaponization of the federal government against not just President Trump, but we're seeing it against conservatives. Me we're too. seeing it against Catholics. Right here. Uh, and that's one of the reasons why I'm so proud to serve on the Select Committee on the Weaponization of the Government because the American people want answers, they yeah. want transparency, yeah. and they understand that as you look across this country, there seems to be two sets of rules. If your last name is Clinton or it's Biden, oh, yeah. you get to live by a different set of rules than if you're an everyday patriotic American. I've been clear, Kristen, if you go back and play the full speech I gave on the House floor, I condemn the violence just like I condemn the violence of the BLM riots, but I also importantly stood for election integrity and security of our elections, which if we don't have that, we do not have a democracy. So the real threat to our democracy is these baseless witch hunt investigations and lawsuits against President Trump, whether it's Tish James or whether we see in the D.C. Circuit Court. And that is undemocratic and it's shredding our Constitution. And you know who agrees with me, Kristen? The American people. Yeah, they do. The American people are uh, waking up to it. By the way, when the, when the show ended on Friday, we found that um, uh, Judicial Watch has fired, uh, filed, I should say, a $30 million wrongful death suit over Ashley Babbitt's death by her husband. I'll get to the details on that. And also, some fascinating uh, 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 interview with Clay Higgins, Tucker Carlson did. He's a congressman. And he asked some questions about Jan 6 uh, as well. And that's coming up. Here's the, uh, here's the number if you want to call, 800-922-6680. It's the Rob Carson Show. Back in a sec. If the left tells you to quiet down, 
Get louder. It's the Rob Carson Show. What they've done, and they ought to, you know what they ought to do? They ought to release the J6 hostages. They've suffered enough. They ought to release them. I call them hostages. Some people call them prisoners. I call them hostages. Release the J6 hostages, Joe. Release them, Joe. You can do it real easy, Joe. Wow, he's uh, poking it, man. Joe. A $30 million wrongful death suit over uh, January 6th protesters Ashley Babbitt's death. Details shooter Lieutenant uh, Michael Byrd's extensive history of incompetence and misuse of firearms. Apparently he had uh, multiple revocations of his firearms privileges. He's like Barney Fife. Yeah. Uh, Ashley Babbitt was shot uh, on sight as she raised herself into the opening of a, ro- of a door. Lieutenant Byrd later confessed that he shot Ashley before seeing her hands or assessing her intentions or even identifying her as a female. Ashley was unarmed. Her hands was in the air. Hands up, don't shoot people. Come on. What's the, where's the double standard? Empty and in plain view of Lieutenant Byrd. And you can see it too, by the way. Aaron Babbitt, husband. Claims the officer who shot Babbitt was incompetent and dangerous. Tom Fitton says, remember, the only homicide January the 6th was the unlawful shooting deaths, as our uh, lawsuit alleges of Ashley Babbitt. She deserves justice. She deserves accountability. And I tell you, Judicial Watch and all of our supporters are honored to be a part of this. The only homicide January the 6th was the unlawful shooting death of Ashley Babbitt. They tried to say it was police who were murdered, but it, 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 it was a lie. He used his, uh, he, he actually, a bird, listen to this, Bird left his Glock 22 used to shoot Babbitt in a public bathroom. It also claimed that Bird shot into a car allegedly stole by uh, teenagers. Okay, so uh, he had his uh, police powers suspended in the past for failing to meet or complete semi-annual firearms qualification requirements. And Lieutenant Bird had a reputation among his peers for not being a good shot. Well, apparently he was good at close range. Lieutenant Byrd left his loaded Glock 22, the same firearm he used to shoot and kill Ashley Babbitt in a bathroom in the Capitol Visitor Center complex. Byrd's loaded Glock Glock was discovered during a routine security sweep later in the day. Lieutenant Byrd's police powers were revoked for an off-duty shooting into a stolen moving vehicle in which the occupants were teenagers or juveniles. The stolen vehicle was Lieutenant Byrd's car. Lieutenant Byrd fired multiple shots at the vehicle fleeing the area. Stray bullets from Lieutenant Byrd's firearm struck the sides of homeless, uh, I should say, homes nearby. And an official found that Lieutenant Byrd's use of force was not justified. And now uh, Tom Fitton's going after him, and he should. He also, uh, Lieutenant Byrd, broadcast a a radio report claiming shots were being fired at him in the speaker's lobby, and he was prepared to fire back. That never happened. Isn't that interesting? And it it is kind of interesting, isn't it? And then there's there's this. And I'm not going to be able to play all of this. I want to play a little bit more Clay Higgins. Clay Higgins is a... uh, 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 congressman, he's a pretty impressive individual, a great public speaker. And he's been following what happened on January the 6th and, uh, you know, what, what started and all of that. And, and it's clear that, you know, we were told we couldn't have any thoughts about it. And here is uh, the first soundbite of uh, Clay Higgins talking to uh, Tucker Carlson about uh, January the 6th and the FBI. When you dig into the evidence that we've, we've had revealed through, through some criminal cases that I've I've followed and worked with the family. This is evidence. Families of J6 yeah, uh, political detainees and 
Americans that have been persecuted for their involvement in, in the Capitol that day. And some of that evidence is shockingly reveals that the, the, the FBI agents that were operating undercover within the online groups across the country were, were the first ones to plant the seeds of, of uh, suggestions of, of, a, of a more radical occupation of the Capitol. And you know, the uh, amazing thing is the FBI tried the same thing in the state of Michigan with some... Uh, some uh, patriotic Americans tried to lure them in. They were all exonerated in the possible uh, killing of the governor up there. That never happened. But the FBI set it up. It was a trial run, guys. we got more from uh, Clay Higgins coming up. And coming up next, one of my favorite guests, uh, retired Brigadier General Blaine Holt. It's my favorite song. Show Me How to Live, Audio Slave. Coming up, uh, one of our favorite guests, Brigadier General, retired Blaine Holt. But first, I want to play uh, one of our woke military theme songs to set him up, because our military is kind of woke. Fighting soldiers are depressed. This is uh, Jim Gossett. Their morale is far from best. If you're sad, change your sex, they say. Wear a dress. And a pink beret You'll move up quickly right the now The Pentagon Is so woke General Milley He's a joke Whoever thought You'd see the day When fighting men Could be trans or gay We must turn this mess around while sane people can still be found fire your missile is what they like to say cause the DOD has gone really gay trained to fight on foreign lands trained in combat Hand to hand Uniforms Match their lipstick shade Stiletto heels And a pink beret <laughs> Joining us on the uh, Newsmax Hotline Is the aforementioned uh, Retired Brigadier General Blaine Holt On the Newsmax Hotline How are you today, sir? And Happy New Year I am just fabulous That's a great song That was a lot of fun <laughs> <laughs> I, I hear they're giving as part of your uh, your uh, the supplies they give you when you were a new recruit a matching handbag. I, I hear that's the new thing, but I, I'm not really sure. Uh, we got a lot of stuff to talk about today. I know you've written a couple of great pieces for uh, for Newsmax. Um, one of your uh, your headlines is "Military Quest for Marxist DEI Imperils the Nation." I kind of wanted to tee it up with this uh, this nonsense feminization of the uh, of the military. Um, now that this has been called out, now that it has been uh, uh, you know some some spotlight on it, do you suppose that things will start to change? Yeah, I, I hope so. There's got to be pressure from, um, you know, moms and dads who have entrusted into the nation's hands their, their children. And, and honestly, to put this off into two tracks, um, if you want to be feminine, if you are red, white, blue, black, pink, uh, you identify as a llama, uh, we don't care. Uh, we want to make sure that you can uh, accomplish the mission, put the bombs on target, 
put the weapons down range and that you don't uh, bring undue attention to yourself and that you understand the concept of the team in safeguarding America and that your oath is above everything, the most important thing. But what we've done is we've taken people who are in a definite minority of alternative lifestyles, and we've enshrined that by throwing away a meritocracy where the best rise, the best of the best, uh, the people that we really want out there flying the toughest missions. Um, And we supplanted it with this diversity, equity, inclusion, where the the more uh, alternative you are, the better the chance for advancement you have. (laughs) And shouldn't we all just clap? Well, I, I can tell you what, the enemy gets a vote. And the enemy is not training this way. The enemy doesn't spend a lick of time on uh, uh, what your orientation is or what your preferred pronouns are. The enemy just trains to defeat American systems and American forces. And um, this is not putting us into a good place. So when I say that Marxism, which is what DEI is, uh, imperils the nation, I I mean it. And uh, we're going to have to pull out of this. Well, you know, you look at the uh, initial, the, the ad that the military was running, the Army was, was running, and it had a, uh, a woman, and she had two moms, and they got married, and all of this crap, and then, and then nobody wanted to sign up. And then, you know, what's really funny, uh, General, is they did an ad again about a month ago, and for some reason, and, and you know, normally this would be decried, right, but they had a, a, a picture, a, a video of a helicopter, and a bunch of paratroopers about ready to jump out. Every one of them were white guys. Every one of them white guys. So apparently they spend so much time on diversity, equity, inclusion. Uh, white guys are saying, you know what? I ain't going to go join the military so I, can be, so I can be derided, so I can be called a racist, so I can be called the, the problem. If you want me to fight and die for my country and you're telling me that I'm the reason why, uh, you know, this happened and this happened in history. So they, they realize that. They realize that. That was a major turning point for me. How about you? It was. But what a missed opportunity for the Defense Department, um, even with their, you know, ideology. Uh, over the Christmas break, what we did not see was the results of that ill-fated study that uh, General Austin commissioned. So when he first took his job, he commissioned a study to find out how many um, white supremacists and domestic violent <laughs> extremists were in the, in the ranks. Yeah. Which is really demoralizing unto itself. It's like, whoa, 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 I swore an oath, I sacrificed, I'm in crappy conditions, I could deploy and I could pay with my life for the country. And now, you know, you might say I'm the enemy. But, but what we got was the study results came back and they were, nobody talked about them. The results came back and said there is no problem in the United States military yes. with white supremacy yes. or um, domestic violent extremists. They should have lauded that report and stood up and said, you see, we checked ourselves out, we're good, we hold ourselves to a standard, and, and we're fine. They should have done that, but instead they buried it uh, uh, because it's just another piece of news they didn't want to find out because it doesn't fit their narrative of Marxism. Uh, and in general, in general, also, you know as well as I do, and, and I've got plenty of friends, I've got uh, plenty of family members who've been in the military, have served and fought valiantly, and race is never apart when you are in battle. You've seen this in your, in your military career. Race is not apart in battle. It hasn't been in the Persian Gulf War. It hasn't been in Vietnam. It hasn't been in any of these conflicts. When you're on the battlefield, you are brothers in arms, and it was an insult to everybody, black, white, Asian, whatever. Yep, it was. And it's a double-edged sword, too. It cuts twice. Because in, in the one sense, 
uh, we haven't had a problem. You can say we've got to have more diversity in the ranks, and it's like, well, we have diversity in the ranks. And yeah. we are a representation of the American population. Yeah. Uh, so that's, that's, that's adding a solution to a problem that doesn't exist. But at the same time, if you bring in programs that say we're going to have DEI, we're going to get rid of the meritocracy, then very fine minorities who rise through the ranks of their own volition, on their own intellect, of their own ability, always have this aspersion of doubt yeah. around them yes. because anything that doesn't go the right way, you have the forces going, oh, I know how you got your job. Exactly. True or not, I know yes. minority women, uh, African-Americans, uh, Native Americans who serve on active duty at flag rank, and, and they are being shorted when we have programs like this that undermine their brilliance. Absolutely. Now, Lloyd Austin has been in the hospital. Apparently he was in the hospital in the ICU for four days. Uh, what the hell? I mean, even her uh, deputy defense or his, uh, well, you never know. Deputy defense secretary didn't know. Joe Biden was in the uh, Virgin Islands, I, I believe, because Hunter wanted to go there and was greatly disappointed when he got there. But uh, uh, first of all, um, what's up with that? And second of all, uh, wh why are they pointing out that Austin was out when Biden was on vacation? I mean, it sounds like that puts America in a very precarious situation when those two are out of commission. <laughs> Hello? Okay, let's start with this. Yes, Since please. This national security team took its seats. America has been in a precarious situation. Yeah, uh, yeah, my, yeah. My evidence is Afghanistan, Ukraine, and now Israel. But but what what we have just seen happen is, to me unconscionable. This is the stuff that we would actually relieve captains over. Um, yes. because and, and the stakes could not be higher. Because you have, at the highest level, um, we have a backdrop of regional wars all across the world, and more regional wars about to break out in a potential World War III scenario in front of us. And the president and the National Command Authority, the National Security Council, they have to have, like, zero defect comms. Zero yes. defect communication. So you're telling me that the Secretary of Defense who sits in the Situation Room or has a seat there is unaccounted for, wow. don't know where he is, and his uh, number two, which is where you go if you can't find number one, is lying on a beach in Puerto Rico with no comms gear, no communications gear whatsoever. Wow. And then they can't get their story straight about what's really happening or who's really in charge, um, and they play it off as, uh, well, I could have communicated better. You know what? Lieutenant colonels who are in command of units front line fighting units if their boss can't reach them 24 7 365 or their number two they're fired they're just gone absolutely they're just unreliable and 100%. when general austin was a general four stars in, in in charge of CENTCOM, he held his own commanders to that account i guarantee you that he did yes he did let me ask you this um a lot of people and me being one of them are very concerned with this open border, with 25,000 Chinese nationals coming across the border. Now, uh, a very large percentage of the people coming across the southern border are military-aged men. And, General, it doesn't take an idiot to figure out that is an invasion of the country. The only thing separating that from being an official is there aren't uh, AKs strapped on their backs. What do you have to say about who's coming across the southern border and the threat that poses, and, and what should we do about it? Well, they're buying the AKs and the ARs once they get across the border, while yep. others look the other way on background checks and the like. And as you know, in this country, you can get an illegal gun anytime you want one. But the... Um, the other part of this is there are 
idiots who don't understand that this is America's number one security problem. And they reside in Washington, D.C., and they sit on both sides of the aisle. And a lot of the neocon types like to look overseas at the next foreign war that might be boiling up. Well, you know, they, they really need to start looking inward. Because if we do go to some sort of world war or regional war or just here at home, there's millions of fighting age men amongst us that we don't know who they are. We just know they come from the very worst that the world has to offer. And some of them are organized military units when we think about the Chinese. How do I know that? Well, you've got a brilliant war correspondent, Michael Yon, who's tracking every single one of them uh, and how they get here from the Darien Gap in Panama. And it's all under the auspices of the U.N., International Organization for Migration, leading NGOs to put bank cards into these people's hands and let them come unfettered into the country with the help of uh, the administration. And, um, you know, I think we have to start looking across the entire enterprise, Rob, for accountability. Meaning, I'm sorry, if you're a two-striper who's a CBP person on the border and you're going to break the law of the land and let these people go through because your boss told you or because you have a kid or because you have a mortgage, it's unacceptable. You took an oath to the country and you can't compromise American security. So well, you either vote with, vote with your feet or whatever. But we're in trouble. I know we are. How do you suppose? I mean, we know that the federal government, and if you look at Lloyd Austin, if you look at this woke nonsense, it sounds like they are intentionally weakening our, our military. How do you suppose uh, patriotic Americans and, by the way, members of the military who swear an allegiance to the country and the Constitution, uh, how should we ready ourselves in the coming year? Yeah, and a year ago, I wouldn't have believed that they're intentionally weakening our military and our forces, even as bad as it looked, and now I'm completely there. There is no other explanation for what's going on. There's the argument between incompetence or are we looking at malevolence? And I believe we're looking at both. And, uh, uh, and so Americans have to embrace their constitutions. They have to embrace their communities. They have to understand what the laws of the land are. And communities now at the county level, and we're seeing it across the nation, certainly where I live here in the Pacific Northwest, um, make their own counties resilient and account for the illegals amongst them. I will not use the term migrants. They're illegal. Exactly. Exactly. And, now, and they need... They, they need to account for that, and the communities need to make themselves resilient because no one is coming from the federal government. In fact, they're aiding and abetting that. Now, I, I, could we continue this conversation over the break? I want to. I want to talk to you after yeah. the break. You've got a new uh, a new headline on Newsmax. America is at war, or America is is at war. The war is here. I've said that that spy balloon that China sent over was an exclamation point. It wasn't the beginning of something. It was China saying we're here. So I want to get your thoughts on that on the other side of the break, if you don't mind, my friend. Uh, you got Great. time. Okay, all right. Yeah. Uh, more from retired Brigadier General Blaine Holt on the Rob Carson Show in one minute. There are a lot of people who are very concerned about the future of our country. You can feel it in the air. There's also a sense of optimism, but there is, a, uh, I think, a general understanding that we are going to have to go over some major bumps, uh, some, over, some major tribulations to get to enlightenment. we got a special guest, Blaine Holt, a former brigadier general, retired from the Force Air, U.S. Air Force, and uh, uh, you've read a new column called America is at War, The War is Here, uh, something I've been saying for a while, General. Explain what you mean. Yeah, so... Um 
there is a variety of forces bearing down on our nation, and they come in so many different flavors, but they, they come from the center point. And I'll talk about that in just a sec, but, sure. you know, whether it's the so-called deep state, uh, and it was so well put together in the movie uh, Police State by uh, oh, yeah. Vanessa D'Souza and, and Dan yeah. Bongino, where yeah. you've got an ideologically driven set of bureaucrats that are unelected, and uh, if they don't like what comes out of your mouth, they'll go... They'll just go ahead and line up the crime against you and go kick your door in without any Fourth or Fifth Amendment protection. Um, and that's happening all over, whether it's soccer moms or somebody who uh, said something untoward on social media. Yes. Uh, that That's one element or one prong of attack. We've got the millions of illegal fighting age men in and amongst us that could collapse entire communities or counties in one fell swoop. Or they could poison our water supply. They could um, take down our cyber. They could um, hit us with uh, EMP attacks. There's a variety of capabilities that these people have. Um, And then where does this all come from? Well, uh, it's pretty clear that the globalists and the elites that hang out at a place called Davos, where they're going to congregate again next week um, uh, at the World Economic Forum, and then their cohorts in the uh, Chinese Communist Party, which, thank goodness, are taking on water fast because Xi Jinping yeah. is doing a Mao Zedong part two. Um, that's where this all comes from. What do they seek? They seek complete control and domination of us. American liberty, American rights, Americans' constitution are in the way. We may not be self-governed yes. right now because the government got too big. But they know uh, the American people can change that once the, the wake-up is done and the will is there in five seconds. So what yeah. are they doing? They're bearing down on us. And they're, yeah. and they're doing it also with our economy, which is just an absolute crime. Uh, you know, the Federal Reserve isn't even a part of the government. And yet we bow uh, to them to set our interest rates for us. What a, what a nice bunch of kids. Yeah, and you know, the only thing that the Democrats have in their uh, uh, quiver with regard to the economy is uh, is manipulating interest rates. That's what they have. Uh, Donald Trump got it right when he lowered taxes and decreased regulation. That works every single time. Oh, yeah. Uh, every, every single time. Um, let me ask you this. This is something that I, I believe. Uh, you know, China unleashed a virus that we apparently helped them develop on the world. It destroyed our economy. We shut down our economy. We we got rid of the First Amendment. The federal government got rid of the First Amendment, the ability to assemble, to uh, to uh, to uh, uh, go to church, to be able to speak online, etc. Uh, and this has been going on for, uh, for a while. Um, where do you suppose uh, we are on this and, and where do you suppose we go uh, to save the to save the country? Yeah, so thank goodness for X.com. Uh, you know, I know yeah, Elon yeah. Musk is not doing very well financially with that company, but can you imagine where we'd be if there was no yeah. public square whatsoever right now? Because exactly. every other platform is squelching and turning off speech, and they're doing it with the help of the government, and we've proven that. But but this is what I believe. Real quick. That, and I believe in what Winston Churchill always said, which is you can always trust the Americans to do the right thing after they've tried everything else. Yes. And what I believe is that you're going to see even more folks on both sides, uh, left, right, understanding that this is very different. We're about to lose everything. Yes. How many more rights will we yield? And we're going to okay. push back. We're going to do it legally with the 10th yes. Amendment okay. and the other vehicles. We okay, I gotta, we got to go. One, one, yes or no, real quick. Is Joe Biden's presidency the quid pro quo? Yes or no? All right, thank you, my friend. General uh, Blaine Holt, retired. Thanks for joining us on the on the Rob Carson Show. we got to take a break and be right back. It's the Rob Carson Show. Stick around.
Hey guys, it's Carson. You know, everybody knows the next medical crisis just around the corner, whether it comes in the form of a pandemic or something more mundane like a tick bite, you and your family need to be prepared. That's where the wellness company comes in. The Wellness Company and their doctors are medical professionals that you can trust, and their new medical emergency kits are the gold standard when it comes to keeping you safe and healthy. Be ready for anything. This medical emergency kit contains an assortment of life-saving medications, including ivermectin and z From anthrax to tick bites to COVID, even a bioweapon like a plague, the Wellness Company medical emergency kit is exactly what you need to have on hand to be prepared. Rest assured knowing that you have emergency antibiotics, antivirals, antiparasitics on hand to make sure you and your family are safe from whatever the globalists throw at us next. Go to www.twc.health slash Carson. Again, twc.health slash Carson today and order. That's TWC Health slash Carson and use the promo code Carson to save 10%. Shipping can make or break a sale, so optimize how you ship your orders with ShipStation. They make it easy to automate and manage orders no matter how big your business grows. And they might even be able to help reduce shipping and warehouse costs. So optimize and keep up your momentum for growth with ShipStation. Sign up for your free 60-day trial now at ShipStation.com and use the code P-O-D. That's ShipStation.com with the code P-O-D. Carson Show. And this is our number three. We've got much to get to. Matt Taibbi has a really cool Substack column on comedy. And I've been saying that Donald Trump delivers some of the best stand-up ever. And Matt's like, oh yeah. And it's resonating. And you know why it works? Because of some of history's biggest disruptors were comedians. I mean, really, if you can make you can make fun of those in power. Then you uh, then you can wreck their uh, their momentum. You can point out their their faults and their fallacies and their BS. And and there is nothing bigger and better than derision. Uh, the left has tried that with us. They call us deniers of this and deniers of that. And and we are uh, you know mega fascists and enemies of democracy and all that. But then they make fun of us too. You know you don't believe in this. You don't believe in global warming. You're a denier. You know. Well, the, the the thing is, if you if you try to make fun of, or if you try to uh, to uh, lampoon somebody, and you have no truth behind your your satire, it falls flat. It's not funny because everybody sees it's not funny. But the, the left isn't funny anymore, and that's where I have said that uh, conservative comedy is on the ascension, and I have been leading the way for uh, you know three decades. Three decades, writing for Limbaugh, and then I got a TV show that I've had on Newsmax for three years now, three years plus, with the first uh, real like comedy show on a news network. It was my little show, Rob Carson's What in the World, and then Gutfeld got his show, and you know, yeah, and jeez, listen, I mean, credit to Greg Gutfeld and the cast. I, I think they're great. You know, I mean, every time people don't talk about your competition, a lot of times in television. You, know, you ever seen that movie uh, Anchorman and the, you know, they're fighting with the other news team and all that? That's kind of what it is like. I remember when I met Brian Kilmeade, and Kilmeade knew who I was, and I could just tell he did not want to talk to me because I was the competition. And I'm like, why do you, know, why do, you do that? 
I, I embrace competition. Dan Bongino is on the ta- the same time slot that I am. I, you know, I don't care. I offer something that Dan doesn't do. Dan does his thing. I do my thing, and and he can't outdo. He can't out Carson Carson, and I can't out Dan Dan. That's just the way Clay and Buck. You know, they do their thing. I'm the guy who brings it all together and adds comedy. And, and that's the thing that I do differently. So and I, as far as competition, I, I welcome it, man. Bring it. Bring everything you got. But I will find a way to reach more people than you do. It may take a while, but uh, but it, it's resonating. It really is resonating. So we're going to get to that here very shortly. Um, let's go to real quick. Uh, my buddy Chris in Fortress Fort Worth has some thoughts today he wants to share. Chris, welcome to the Rob Carson Show. What's on your mind today? Uh, man. My man, Rob, uh, your man, Catman Chris here, yes, Fortress yes. Fort Worth, and yes. I'm an angry Panther City Tiger. Real quick, thank you for doing the 20, December 28th show, What in the World Rob Carson into as a Christmas present belated, and I loved every second. Thank you. Now, thank let's you. talk about uh, uh, Speaker Johnson. I've always had a healthy uh, uh, healthy, uh, you know... Dose of uh, skepticism? Uh, not, not, uh, doubt about yeah, him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now it's come to fruition and uh, him cutting this deal, um, it, it's it's this never-ending CRs, the ladder stuff, I'd throw that, I mean, my God. Yeah, and the border, nothing yeah. for the border, absolutely not a thing. And, I, and I'm wondering why we haven't had a second revolution between good and evil startup yet. I can see well, people pitchforks, I swear, I I know people are getting set up. And, uh, oh, I know they I are. Know I know they are. And and I haven't had a chance to dig into this uh, supposed budget agreement that is happening. But if uh, if border security is not a part of it, then I don't give a flying crap if the government shuts down for the rest of the year. I don't give a crap about the federal government shutting down. Everybody's going to get their checks. Everybody's going to get paid. I'm sick and tired of this crap, Chris. Like I said, I haven't had a chance to dig into it. I didn't want to comment fully on it until I've had to really... uh, A lot of the uh, the details have not come out, but I, I understand that they have brokered some sort of a deal over the weekend, and I hope to be able to shed some light on it. If border, border it's not to border security, it's shut down the damn frickin' border. That's what it is. That's what it has to be. Shut down the border. End it. End it. End it. Uh, and if that's not a part of it, then we've got a major problem, Chris. So uh, I'll dig into it and find out. Uh, you know, anything that Mike Johnson does that is uh, counter to what we expect, the American people expect, uh, anything that uh, he does should be the opposite of Kevin McCarthy. And if he goes down that road of the rhino happy trail, the uh, government spending trail, that it will be over for him in a big fat hurry. Yeah, but Kevin McCarthy was part of it, and there's no, I know. Uh, no defense for the wall or, or, or the border. Uh, i got some in, insider news on that <clears throat> from the radio. You know, some of your mm-hmm. competition, but your healthy competition. Yes, yes, um, yes. And uh, I take them for their word for it at this point. They, may, so, yeah. uh, they gave him a tongue bath for like a, you know, a month about how great yeah. this guy was, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, come on, get off it. So I know what you're saying, Rob. Thank you. Well, I'll I'll dig into it. Thank you, my brother. I appreciate it. Thank you. I appreciate it. You know, uh, one of the things that I uh, I was exposed to this uh, beginning of 2018, the government uh, industrial censorship machine, um, uh, and I I had a bunch of conservative pages through a network on uh, Facebook, and we were just starting to be publishers on Facebook, and and we were being allowed to to gather audiences and, and to promote our podcasts as conservatives. And 
I was getting, you know, 40,000 views an episode and going really well. We had 29 pages, 17 million followers, and they all disappeared on October 31st, 2018. Gone, all right? My Facebook page, my, my show page was constantly being hammered and shut down and my reach and, and uh, shadow banned and blocked and all of that. And finally, the day after the election in 2020, they just took it away. Facebook took my page away. They did not give it back for until after the election, a year after, uh, no, this year, this last year, two years off, and then all of a sudden it showed up. I put one post, and they immediately, they unpublished it all together, all right? So, uh, you know, I, I know what this is all about, uh, but there were a lot of things that were censored we couldn't have thoughts about. We couldn't have thoughts about COVID, COVID protocol, uh, schools closing, Russia collusion, Black Lives Matter. We couldn't say that Black Lives Matter was a scam. I remember trying to say that Black Lives Matter is a joke. It's a shakedown. And they would shut me down, all of them, because they got their talking points from the federal government. That is without a doubt. And if you don't believe me, read the Twitter files, uh, read Substack, Matt Taibbi, Matt Schellenberger, and then look at all the, I don't know, volumes of evidence. It was very, very obvious. Here's what Tucker had to say about censorship, like what happened on January the 6th. So that was the first thing I noticed. There was no effort at all to convince people, actually, electronic voting machines are secure, which they are not. By the way, that's a lie. In any country that has electronic voting machines is by definition at risk of having its election stolen. Uh, I'm not going there. By definition. No country that cared about democracy would have electronic voting machines, okay? First thing. But no one even, and by the way, many Democrats have made that point. Not now, but Mm -hmm. 10 years ago. There was no effort to reassure anybody. They immediately used it as a cudgel to make their political opponents shut up, and in a lot of cases, to send them to jail. No. So I noticed this, and I'm like, well, wait a second. Nobody here is operating in good faith at all. They're just immediately lying. Yeah, so you couldn't comment about what happened on January. I'm not going to touch the voting machine thing. I, you know, whatever. Who cares? Let the courts decide that. But, uh, but uh, Clay Higgins talked to Tucker over the weekend, and, and he said that the FBI uh, started gathering people online uh, and, and convincing them to come to Washington, D.C. for January the 6th. I'm just going to play some of the interview. You decide. You know, yeah, maybe, maybe we should do that. Maybe we should plan for an occupation like that. But if you look at the... The origins of those conversations, they, they were started by the, the FBI undercover guy that was operating inside the group. And then months later, uh, on January 4th, 5th, and 6th, many of those Americans met for the first time in person when they gathered for the massive rally where American patriots assembled to object to to everything that had happened during 2020, the COVID oppression, and the the stunning results of what we believe was a compromise election cycle. Now, we know that the FBI was involved in censoring information about Joe and Hunter Biden. That's what we know, all right? So you could say that the election was rigged. Because a lot of people say that if they would have known about Hunter Biden's laptop and all of this, it would have changed their vote. That's what Clay Higgins is talking about. And this is one of the reasons why on Twitter this morning, the uh, 200 FBI was uh, was trending. Hard, objective, and conservative um, estimates would, would put the number of FBI assets in the crowd, outside, and working inside at, at well over 200. 200? Yeah. yeah. So you're in law okay. enforcement. All right. Now, why was that? Uh, why were those law enforcement agents? Why was the FBI in the crowd? Now, you may recall that I said on January the seventh, after January the sixth, that it there was no damage to the interior of the Capitol. The media was going 
overboard to say it was destructive, say it was worse than 9-11, and 350 people didn't jump to their deaths from the Capitol. So I said, why are they doing this? And here is what uh, Clay Higgins had to say. As Trump supporters, I mean, their objective was to de- destroy the entire mega movement, to, to forever stain the, uh, the patriotic fervor that was associated with, with the America First mega movement that had won in... They did it to the Tea Party. 2016, and we believe won again in 2020. And the, the establishment uh, on both sides, both major parties, were determined to, to smash that out of existence, not just by defeating Trump, but by destroying the, uh, the reputations of the movement itself by creating this narrative that it was totally false uh, but but was heavily pushed that the that mega republicans america first republicans are somehow a danger to our republic and and that should be very obvious to you because joe biden's campaign ad that came last week was all about you and me uh joe biden's speech on friday was all about you and me and Donald Trump, that we are essentially acolytes of the new Hitler. So they're continuing it. But here's some good news for you. 27 states urged the Supreme Court Friday to reverse a ruling, kicking former President Donald Trump off Colorado's ballot. The states led by Indiana Attorney General Todd Rakita and West Virginia Attorney General Patrick Morrissey wrote in an amicus brief that the Colorado Supreme Court decision threatens to throw the 2024 presidential election into chaos. Now, if this, if this uh, election was really about uh, the country, uh, about the economy, about making sure that we are more free, then why are they just going after Donald Trump and his supporters? After covering up and, and, and hiding from us all the evidence of the FBI being involved on January the 6th. All of that. Why are people, why are a thousand people, how, why have a thousand people been prosecuted? Why are there people in jail who've been in jail for a thousand plus days without a trial? Why is that? We need to know the truth. By the way, states that joined this brief, Alabama, Alaska, Arkansas, Florida, Idaho, Iowa, my home state, Kansas, where I live now, Kentucky, Louisiana, Mississippi, Missouri, Nebraska, New Hampshire, Utah, a whole bunch of them, a whole bunch of them. But uh, if, the, uh, if the Supreme Court recognizes um, the uh, nonsense behind this, then they will uh, make it so Donald Trump's uh, name can appear on all the ballots. Because you have the choice. And as I mentioned earlier, uh, Alan Dershowitz, he had one of the most concise and terrific ways to describe uh, why it's absurd to kick off the uh, uh, Trump from state ballots. Listen to this real quick. I'm going to play it again because I thought it was that good. This is Alan Dershowitz on Newsmax talking about what's afoot here. This is not a close question. Uh, this is the most serious frontal attack on democracy and on the right to vote in my 60-year career. And it was all engineered at Harvard, the famous Harvard, the Harvard that is run now by uh, woke uh, DEI people. Uh, The ideas come from Professor Lawrence Tribe, who was my colleague at Harvard for 50 years, and Jamie Raskin, congressman who was my former student. They are- And he's a scumbag. Deliberately, willfully misreading the 14th Amendment. The 14th Amendment provides in section five that Congress, not the states, Listen. Congress can enforce this provision. Now, remember who wrote the 14th Amendment? Yes. Radical Republican Reconstructionists who didn't trust the states. 
They would never have left the decision who can run for president to South Carolina, Virginia, Mississippi, and Alabama, members of the Confederacy. Of course they left it only to Congress. The idea that states, one at a time, can decide who's disqualified is the most absurd reading of a constitutional provision I have ever, ever seen. And the Democrats know that. Let's take a break and come back. This is The Rob Carson Show. So, uh, I've been saying for a while that comedy is a a pretty big weapon. And uh, mockery is a great way to uh, take down those in power. And... um, and we saw this over the weekend. I, I read a, a really fascinating column by Matt Taibbi, and my boss actually sent it to me. I'm like, oh, yeah, way ahead of you. This is fantastic. Donald Trump, America's comic. This is, uh, this is Matt Taibbi. Matt Taibbi is a, uh, what do you like to call it, ACUL, ACLU um, uh, liberal is what he calls himself. And uh, he was talking about uh, Sioux Center, Iowa, where Donald Trump was over the weekend. And Matt Taibbi was there as well. And he made some uh, pretty awesome observation uh, about what was this. Um, he, uh, for instance, he, he, uh, he on Nikki Haley, a bird brain does not have what it takes. She's a globalist. She loves the globe. He contorted his mouth to an O for the globe, pronouncing it like Jeff Spicoli in Fast Times at Ridgemont High. On uh, GOP House Speaker Paul Ryan, uh, he, he said, remember this guy? He mentioned Ryan during uh, joining the board of Fox, qu- equipping no wonder Fox has changed, among other things. Uh, Matt goes on to say, for deja vu enthusiasts, we're reliving a key mathematical constant of the Trump experience. The last minute flurry of articles about how somebody in the GOP slate really has a shot to knock him off this time. Not that it could happen, but these articles tend to, uh, written in the tone of a a children's letter to Santa Claus. Some of the crazier themes are classics of bad analysis genre. Mother Jones just went with Haley Surges. Newsmax said Haley is hot on Trump's heels while the new New York Times could Nikki Haley actually do it? Possible, I guess, but not, but, uh, uh, but more likely not. Trump in uh, Sioux Center went over a lot of material I've seen before, though I hadn't caught the crooked Joe searching for the exit impersonation live. It's another stump sample that's been evolving for the uh, last uh, uh, at least half year. And look, it's funny. It just is. You know, he says uh, Joe Biden can't uh, find his way off stage. Uh, The run for the Sioux Center address ended up clocking in at one hour, 48 minutes, an eternity for a Trump speech. Um... Eye rolls on the press riser. Trump slowly reached for his handkerchief and nod maybe to Cleavon Little's excuse me while I whip this out routine. I'm just going to do this a little bit more, he uh, said, dabbing his face. As time wore on, he took on the strong late-stage Lenny Bruce vibe, but worked in homages to Richard Pryor's stuttering Chinese waiter, the threat to democracy, Milton Berle, Dangerfield. In a few places, he even drifted tone-wise toward Louis C.K., a Abortion is exactly like taking a bleep. Trump Trump peppered the Poconos delivery with observations that blow your mind when you pause to consider. It's the former president of the United States saying these things. He said, the Army tank is beautiful. They want to be environmentally friendly as we go in and blast the crap of some nation, he said. We're going to go in. We're going to be environmentally friendly as we blast our way through the front lines, but we're doing it in an environmentally friendly manner. How crazy is that? See what I mean? It's stand-up, guys. He's delivering policy with relatable language. 
All right? Listening to this stuff is like watching a pope throw open the Vatican door with his uh, testes hanging out. Yeah. Yeah. He said this isn't Hitler unless we're talking about Mel Brooks' version. Anyone who argues none of this is funny is lying. If you want to say Trump is funny and burgeoning or, uh, is funny and a burgeoning fascist threat to democracy, that's an argument that can be had, maybe, but I don't think either holds up considering the context. In the 15 years before the off-mocked real estate magnate ran for president, the U.S. introduced torture, kidnapping, warrantless arrest, drugs, Drone assassination, minority report style predictive policing, preemptive war, mass surveillance, and a long list of other lunacies in our culture. These weren't small changes, but sweeping rewrites of schoolhouse rock promises. I, I quote schoolhouse rock. Things that are a citizen make you want to puke from shame. Now, I got a little bit more on this. And how the, uh, despite it all, the left has tried to make Trump to be like Hitler, and his humor proves otherwise. And again, this is Matt Taibbi talking about this. Then also Joe Biden's campaign volunteers are quitting in droves. I wonder why. That's coming up in the last half hour of the show. Don't go anywhere. Trump gave what I think was probably one of the greatest speeches of world leaders given, you know, it's got to be up there with like Churchill, Gettysburg Address. As the night the United States killed the leader of ISIS, Trump comes out of the Situation Room at like midnight in the White House and he walks down that tunnel like he's, and gives a press conference like he's giving a post-game NBA and just goes, Abu Bakar al-Baghdadi is dead. Abu Bakar al-Baghdadi is dead. He died like a dog. He died like a dog. He died like a coward. He was whimpering, screaming, and crying. <laughs> I didn't change one word of that. That's what he opened with. And then he did 40 minutes. The speech is 40 minutes. The meanest shit talk you've ever heard in front of the whole world. Abu. We could hear him crying. I said, Abu, don't cry. <laughs> Let me tell you something. Abu cried. He cried quite a bit. I wouldn't have cried. <laughs> cry baby back daddy. That's what we were all calling. Now, that is uh, comedian Shane Gillis, who is uh, left of center comedian, former writer for uh, SNL. He's got a new uh, Netflix special. It's funny. That was trending all weekend. That was just going viral because Trump's becoming like this anti-hero, especially like comedians. And I, and I would venture to say that I, I've never done stand-up professionally. I've done plenty of stand-up. Uh, but I think, that, uh, I think that comedy can be a pretty powerful weapon. Derision can be a very powerful weapon. Humiliation can be a very powerful weapon. And I'm, I'm saying this because Matt Taibbi recognized this when he went to see Trump over the weekend. And, uh, and here, I just want to quote a little bit more from this piece, and it's on his substack, uh, Donald Trump, America's Comic. American leaders have been peeing on every amendment in the Bill of Rights for over a decade, even going back to in time to disavow pre-American traditions like habeas corpus and grand jury secrecy. Trump got elected in the loudest record scratch in history. If Barack Obama was the avatar of upper-class probity, uh, probity, I should say, a lean, multiracial scholar fawned over by no mail committees, Trump was the opposite, an artery-clogged casino boss with bankruptcies and a comb-over. His freestyle uh, stump shpick, shtick, I should say, about everything from exercise to NATO to Heidi Klum's face provided such a violent contrast with the 
the usual false dignity of establishment candidates that he is able, as I wrote eight years ago, to march right through the front door of the presidency. Hillary devoted 90% of her attack ads on Trump's personality, thinking they'd hurt him with the same job-starved audiences who made his TV show about firing people. Voters like Trump because of the impolitic things he said, not in spite of them. His campaign slogan might as well have been a schmuck, but at least I admit it. A little bit more. Uh, he had to represent a grand operatic evil to whom a loss could be pitched as somehow not the crushing embarrassment it was. The incredible propaganda line settled on that Trump, maybe the most famously indiscreet celebrity America ever saw, had for decades been a Soviet sleeper agent. That's what they tried to convince you of. Plotting to undermine the rules-based international order with vice-lipped co-conspirator Vladimir Putin. That's what they tried to do, but it didn't work. More from Taibbi. Then the Capitol riots came, and it looked like Trump finally vindicated press paranoia. But the state of Colorado, before this past Christmas, saved him again by unveiling a plan to prevent Trump from canceling elections by canceling elections. Okay? Uh, let me see what else we got here. A couple of other things. Oh, yeah, here we go. Um... I'm trying to do it's like a 10-page piece, and I'm trying to get all the good stuff out of it. I've attended probably 30 Trump speeches across various stages of the uh, last nine years of his political career. Uh, he can more or less uh, angry or incoherent. He'll say more or fewer things uh, an Ivy League graduate would find objectionable, uh, objectionable, misogynistic, or obscene. But the constant from the start has been Trump's dedication to not giving an F. There's no other way to put it in English. An institutional America's equally hard-headed determination to reward him by overreacting. Now, after 10 million criminal indictments, some clearly political, politicized, as well as innumerable civil actions, including a KKK Act suit and most recently challenged to his ballot status in Colorado, now he is the clear front runner in the next election if the next election is decided by votes instead of courts. Yes, Trump and his opponents probably share responsibility for turning American politics into a joke, but only one of the two parties is trying to tell us it's not funny, and that's not funny is a losing political slogan. So it's a weapon. Comedy is a weapon. And you know who else is getting tired of PC bullcrap and lies and all that? Jerry Seinfeld. I want you to listen to this. This is Jerry Seinfeld doing an interview. He's got this show called Comedians in Cars Drinking Coffee, right? And listen to this, because he had a, a typical woke journalist asking Jerry Seinfeld, and this is ridiculous, of course, but uh, why do you only have white comedians on your show? I have noticed that most of the, the guests are mostly white males of 22 episodes. Yeah, let's had. get into that. No, I, <laughs> but, but you, you take a look over here, Peter. What do you see? A lot of, a lot of whiteies. What's going on here? Oh, this really pisses me off. But well, go no, ahead. No, no. It really pisses me off. People think it's it's the census or something. I mean, this has got to <laughs> represent the the actual pie chart of, of of America. Who cares? It's just funny, you know. Funny is is the is the world that I live in. You're funny. I'm interested. You're not funny. I'm not interested. There you go. That is Jerry Seinfeld talking to a woke interviewer. How ridiculous to ask a comedian. Well, I know that a lot of the guests you have in your show are white. What an idiot. See, did you, and did you hear the audience? Did you hear the audience? Uh, you know, with Shane Gillis? 
Do you hear the audience? Nobody was shouting, I hate Trump. They weren't. They were laughing. They were laughing because Trump is the alpha male that we've been told is uh, toxic. And maybe people are just saying, you know what? Shut up. Shut up. He says what we liked. He kicked El Baghdadi's ass. He told the truth. He did what he said he was going to do. And all that the, these little fops on the left, all these little fops on the left, like Jonathan Capehart, they sit there and they dither and they sweat. Oh, my goodness, he's saying something offensive. I think we're all just done with it. I am done with it myself. That's why, uh, you know, comedy is such a powerful weapon. I think anyway. That's why I brought it to the Rush Limbaugh program. That's why I bring it here. Speaking of which, I've got a new song parody I'd like to play for you. Why don't we do that? Let's do a... Um, a comedic, uh, what we'll call a, uh, a palate cleanser here. This is brand new from Jim Gossett, something that I wrote. Uh, and Jim, of course, performed brilliantly and added to, it is, uh, it is uh, Billy Joel about transgenderism and athleticism and whatnot. Men becoming women and competing in sports, etc. She can bench press her weight. She can be your gym spotter. That's... She can shower with guys or perhaps with your daughter. That's offensive! She can swim faster than all the fish in the sea. That is disinformation. She was born as a boy, but she's not quite a woman to me. And it's true, by the way. That's what makes it great. Her claims to be female, nobody's believing. Her name is Megan, but she was born Stephen. <laughs> she can chug 30 beers and she stands when she pees. In her heels, six feet five, but she's not quite a woman to me. It's because she's got a penis. To you should buy her story, you'd have to indulge. And overlook that obvious bulge. <laughs> she's as much female as Miss Mulvaney. Call me a skeptic, she's not quite a woman to me. You couldn't say that two years ago. The, uh, the media would have censored you. But did, did you notice that I was able to get past all the disinformation, misinformation stuff with, with comedy? Did you notice that? Did you notice when they were telling you you had to take a shot, you couldn't say anything about uh, the COVID shot and all that? I did a song parody. It was called uh, Take Your Jab and Shove It. Take Your Jab and Stick It. Remember that? Yeah. See what we did there? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's catching on. Let's go to Alex in Baltimore. Alex, welcome to the Rob Carson Show. What's on your mind today? Oh, good to talk to you again. I have a very simple quiz for you. What? What is the most unique thing about this election for 2024 between presidents? The absolute, it's never occurred in our history. Well, there's a lot of things that haven't occurred in our history. All right, here it is. What? Both candidates have been presidents. Both candidates have been presidents. You get it? So, hello? Well, well, yeah. I mean, Joe Biden is the president. He's running for re-election. Uh, Donald Trump was the president. He's running again. What do you mean? That what I mean is, have you ever had a presidential candidate run against another presidential candidate? I don't recall. I'm not That's sure. Right. And so the beauty of it is, when they campaign, they're always going to tell you this and that, what they're going to do. Mm -hmm. All you have to do is say, well, Biden there you go. <laughs> this is what he did. Here's That's true. Yeah. Oil, the border, the world. Right? Yeah. You're, that's, that's, do is sit back and say, you sh I've shown you what I can do. Not yes. give me a chance to show you what I can do. I've showed you what I can do. Yeah. 
You're, you're exactly right. And, and that's why the left is trying to tear down everything. That's why the left is trying to blame all of the the absolute, uh, I mean, the joke that is Biden economy, that is our national security, that is our southern border, that is Ukraine, that is Afghanistan. They're trying to pin it all on Donald Trump. That's a great point, Alex. They've both yeah. been president. Who would you like to have a second term? Thank you. <laughs> yes. there you there, that's yes. how to put there it, too. Go. Who yeah. do you want for a second term? We know exactly what Joe Biden is. And we yes. know exactly what Trump is. Exactly. And Alex, I'm going to tell you this also, Alex, that the left is increasingly desperate and they're realizing that their censorship campaign is not working anymore. And so they're going to go down the force road. That's the thing that I'm worried about. They're going to go down the force road. Now, they've already unleashed the DOJ on uh, on Trump supporters, uh, January the 6th protesters. Yeah. They've, they've, they've uh, unleashed the FBI on freedom of speech. They can't win on facts. They can't win on record. So, but they aren't going to lay down and take it, Alex. They aren't just going to take a well, defeat. They're trying to make race an issue. Look with, uh, you yeah. know, look with the Harvard um, president. I looked it up. She's had eleven publications in twenty-six yeah. years. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, sixty publications for the president of um, uh, uh, Penn. MIT. Oh, Penn. Yeah. 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 No. Oh no. MIT. I'm sorry. Yep, One hundred sixty publications for the MIT president and 140 for the Princeton president. My yeah. point is, black, white, green, yellow, if you turned in an application to Harvard for the president of the school and you had 11 publications, you wouldn't be shown the door. Yeah, you would. Uh, the uh, DEI obviously is behind her hire, and that doesn't do the black community any good. Alex, I appreciate the phone call. Um, and, and by the way, more and more uh, blacks are saying that, that Trump could have the largest uh, black support in, of any president since Nixon when he was running uh, with Kennedy. Uh, and it's going to be big. And, and you know why that is? It's because uh, the, the, uh, the people of America, particularly uh, people of color, realize that the Democrat Party has been promising and promising and promising. And if you look at the state of the country right now, uh, particularly in uh, communities like Baltimore, where uh, children are graduating not being able to read. None of the high schools have uh, have black students at proficiency in any of their subjects. You look at the poverty, and now you look on top of that, that the Democrat Party is legitimately replacing black voters with people coming across the border, moving them to the front of the line for everything. This has really pissed a lot of people off. And I'm, I just want to welcome, uh, you know, black voters to the fold of the Republican Party, the party that was created to end slavery. And in this nonsense with the Democrat Party and this belief that the Democrat Party is somehow going to be the savior when they're the absolute opposite. That is very because apparently they have a problem with Joe Biden's stance on Israel and they're quitting because they want Joe Biden to relay and use his position as the president to end the attacks by Israel on Hamas. That's the reason being. That's how deep this, uh, this uh, astroturf, anti-Israel, pro-Hamas uh, movement is in this country. So a group of, work, of staffers working on the president's re-election campaign are quitting in droves over his handling of Israel's military response to the Gaza Strip. So those are the people he has on his team. Thought you should know. I'm going to take a break and come back. I've got the unlikely heroes of the week coming up, and you're going to love these guys. This is The Rob Carson Show. Whoa! 
So, uh, Jim Gossett, the uh, song maestro of this show, says uh, former President Grover Cleveland ran against sitting President Benjamin Harrison and won. So the uh, caller who made the point a little while ago was not entirely correct. But, but uh, I mean, look at Joe Biden's presidency. Look at Donald Trump's presidency. It should be fairly obvious who you'd like in the presidency again. So there. Thanks for the uh, comment there, James. I do appreciate it. Uh, migrant mob makes a grab for $5,300 in designer sunglasses from a New York City Bloomingdale's. A mob of sticky-fingered migrants, uh, illegals, stormed into Manhattan's Bloomingdale's, tried to uh, swipe a trove of Versace, Dior, and Prada sunglasses, totaling $5,300. About 15 asylum seekers swarmed the high-end midtown retailer. It sounds like people who want to come to America and, and assimilate and love the country, doesn't it? Yeah. An alert cop on paid detail at the store was able to grab one of the crooks. Police recovered 10 pair of Versace specs, two pairs of Prada sunglasses, one Christian DR pair. Yeah. What do you suppose the uh, illegals are going to do when they can't find shelter? They, they lose their free shelter in New York, and they don't have a job, and they don't speak the language, and they have no skills. Pretty much. Yeah, there's pretty much. Oh, oh, this is pretty funny. Uh, Leah Thomas is ineligible for the Olympics. FINA is the uh, international governing body for the sport uh, swimming that affects Olympic events. They say that transgender athletes uh, who wish to compete cannot compete with women. Uh, they are uh, open to creating an open category for the athletes based on uh, uh, gender identity. And, and you know what will happen? All the uh, athletes born male will beat the snot out of all the athletes who are born female because, you know. Men are stronger than women. It just is. Stronger and faster. That's just the way it is. Uh, overall, just look at the uh, Guinness Book of World's Records. I mean, you, know, it, you know, that's fine. Women are powerful. Women should compete against women. Men are powerful. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, I'm gonna th- we got a new uh, segment of the show, and it's called The Unlikely Hero of the Week. This week, it is that it's an early week, uh, but it, uh, uh, we'll just say it's of the week. Um, a U.S. men's hockey team. Here it is. Come on. And now. Okay, so the U.S. national junior team, uh, behind the goals from Isaac Howard and goals from four additional players, defeated Sweden 6-2 to the last Friday in the gold medal game at the 2024 IHF World Junior Championship, and here is how they responded. They sang the national anthem with pride and with tears in their eyes, just like the U.S. Olympic team that beat the former Soviet Union in 1980. And people in the crowd cried as well. You know why? Because people still love America, despite what the left has tried to do to us. I love it. I just... Love it. And no matter what the left has tried to do to indoctrinate those kids, no matter what the left has tried to do to insult the memory of relatives or friends of yours who fought and died or fought and were injured for this country, they were not able to take away our pride in our country. We know it's the greatest country in the history of mankind. We know it has been. We know that we're a melting pot. If you looked at the same hockey team in China, that team would be Chinese. All right? 
America is a melting pot, always has been, and it always has been the greatest country despite what the left has done, and the American people know it. And that spirit of patriotism is being reawakened every single day as Joe Biden does stupid speeches, Hitlerian speeches at our most sacred, our sacred sites in America, while the left takes down statues of the founder of Pennsylvania and Christopher Columbus. A beatdown is coming in 2024, and the left is going down. Patriotism will return. Let's take a break. Wrap this up. This is The Rob Carson Show. That's going to do it for the show, guys. Check out the podcast today. It was red hot. Just go to Newsmax.com slash listen. That's Newsmax.com slash listen. God bless you, Israel. America has founded. And until tomorrow, don't catch the stupid. I'll see you then.